This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey up, it's the No Near Never podcast, with your host, Jamie Smith. Hello, at last, at last, it's been a long time coming tonight, I know, it's 8 o'clock instead of 7 o'clock, but we're here now and that's all that counts. Um, a little bit of a different show tonight, we've got know, a, f- it's eight o'clock instead of seven o'clock. a few different people on the podcast this um, evening, um, just a couple of technical problems to start off with, but we'll get going straight away. And um, we've got Robbie Withers, Daniel James, and a couple of non-Burnley fans for the first time on the podcast as well. We've got Jules, who's a QPR fan, and Sean, who's a York fan. Um, the York fan, you might be wondering why we've got a York fan on. Well, I'll tell you, because Luke O'Neill has gone alone to York, and Wes Fletcher plays for York as well. So we'll start with you then, Sean. Um, a good win for your boys at the weekend, wasn't it? 3-0 at Torquay, was it? What did you make? Yeah, it was 3-0. Um, good away win. We travelled to the other end of the country and um, farmed really well. It's a bit of a tough one. We had a few players missing. Um, started to turn a corner a bit, but second half we came out and got an important goal. Fletcher actually got the first one, which turned out to be the, the game breaker, and we just went on from strength to strength. Um, you were asking me about Luke O'Neill actually when you heard that he signed. I couldn't tell you anything because he's barely played for us. Um, but he went straight into your side on Saturday. How did he do? Um, by all accounts, it went quite well. Um, like I say, it was the other end of the country, so not many of us saw him. Um, but he's he's not a shy. Um, he's quite an attacking fullback, which he, he, he's come in as emergency cover for the right back that we've got, and um, he's, he's basically a light flight replacement. He's very quite keen to go forward. He actually hit the bar from a forty-yard shot from right on the stroke of half time. The ref just blew up, blew the whistle as he um, as he struck it, and it just cannoned off the bar as. Um, as all the players were starting to head in. So he's, he likes a shot. Um, by all accounts, he's done quite well, and a few people saying he can stay longer if he wants to. Well, I think he just needs to get some football. I mean, he only ever signed as cover for us for Kieran Trippier, really, and unless Trippier is going to be sold at some point, I think he'll only ever be warming the bench for us. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on how he does. Um, and Wes Fletcher as well signed for York City this summer after we released him. How's Fletcher been getting on for you? Fletcher's done well. Um, he's he has had a bit of a slow start because he's he's had a few niggles, niggling injuries, um, especially through pre-season. Um, it's it's been a strange one because I know he's had a few loan spells down the lower leagues and he's not really scored many um, goals in the in sort of senior football. 
um, if any, before us. And um, so it was quite important that he broke his duck. But now he he, he scored twice um, last week in the Portsmouth win. And um, like I say, it's starting to look good. He's got a very good... Um, <clears throat> he's, he's got a, getting a very good record. He's got a good partnership with Jarvis, who's our top scorer. And uh, hopefully, like I say, he'll go from strength to strength. And what about your lads this season? Are you expecting a good season for York? I suppose if we lend you all I our think players, it's, uh, console- <laughs> you'll have a better chance. <laughs> uh, well, we've, we've not really done well with your players in the past, so hopefully these ones prove to be a bit better. <laughs> um, but I, I think there's a um, bit of consolidation this season. We struggled last year. Um, we had a lot of, we took a lot of the team that um, took got us promoted from the conference and signed them on again. Um, this year's been a bit of a clear out, so it's a new squad. Werbeton's brought in a lot of young players. So I think um, a mid-table, nice, safe season. With the form that we're showing, we could threaten the playoffs, but I would be quite happy with mid, mid-table, to be perfectly honest. Well, cheers for that, Sean. Uh, stick around if you want. We'll be talking about all sorts of championship and football league stuff today, so um, feel free to stick around or if you're in a rush, you can shoot off as well. Like I say, um, slightly different, um, no, no, never not pod tonight just because of various various issues we've had trying to get the podcast loaded but we're finally going now we're finally going um so anyway two good wins to talk about this week which we will come to um Doncaster and Reading of course Burnley still top of the league but we've got Jules with us tonight QPR fan Jules hello Um, and it looks like it's going to be between us and you for the title what what do you make of your chasing us down at the top at the moment I think we're doing pretty well, to be honest. It's it's a shame that we have to get relegated in order to actually look like a good team. That's that's a bit disappointing, really. But no, I, th- I think we're going really well so far. We seem to have people that that want to play. I think, which is is the huge difference this season. Um, I was sceptical about Joey Barton, but he really does seem to have sort of shown some strength of character, which which is to be applauded. How long it will last, I don't know, but but he he's going well. I mean, to have to have conceded two goals so far this season, considering how dreadful our defence was last season, is is I think my my best achievement so far. I think that that's my favourite thing that that we've done. A few people have um, said QPR are just going to bore their way to promotion with these 1-0 wins, 2-0 wins. Is that something you'd be quite happy with or would you like to see a bit more entertainment? Uh, I don't really care, to be honest. We, we, can, win, we can win 1-0 every week. I'm, I'm, I'm not that bothered, really. Um, having, you know, there's there's nothing dreadfully entertaining about losing 4-0 or 5-0 all the time. So, um, so no, I'm, I'm happy for them to keep grinding the wins out. And that way... If they, you know, I, I, I'm working on the basis that we're going to be able to keep this up, and then we'll go up. Whether or not we'll win the title, I don't know. But but if we do go up, well, I'd hope we go up automatically at the very least. Um, we, we're going to have to get used to keeping it tight in the Premiership and actually doing a better job of it this time. We we were lucky to stay up for as long as we did. I think really we we clung on the first season. So so and and I think perhaps. We, we did well to get that second season, even though it was a total disaster. So I think this this time round, we're going to have to get much better at keeping it much tighter and grinding results out if we need to. So I think this is good practice, to be honest. And of course, you bought Charlie Austin from us this summer. 
Yeah, thanks for that. That's uh, that's worked <laughs> out really well. You're welcome. We seem to be doing okay without him. He started a little bit slowly, didn't he? But he seems to be in good form. He's he got does. But he got five both... in five or something. Exactly. He got both time. both at the weekend. Well, I mean the, the late penalty, but but the goal early earlier in the match as well. So yeah, he he seems to be he seems to be doing nicely. I mean, I uh, Harry Redknapp, as old Harry has apparently said that he's he's looking for another striker, and I think that's probably... he's always he's always he is. To, striker, to be fair, Harry could have twelve and not have enough, but um, but. <laughs> <laughs> I I I I I reckon that that might that might be a good idea. I think. I mean, I know that that we that we had a, a various players that didn't perform for whatever reason last season. Um, I it, it, I think it's a shame. I can't believe I'd ever say this about second choice Steve, but but I'm sorry that we've lost Steve to Derby because I think Steve's coaching is 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 part of what's what's made us good again. I think so. It'd be interesting to see if anything changes now or, or if they just keep doing the same things. We were going to talk about Steve McLaren a little bit later, actually. Um, was he sort of looking after the coaching? Uh, Redknapp doesn't seem particularly hands-on on the no, to me. No, he's, he's, he was first-team coach, and I think he, he was doing most of the day-to-day coaching stuff, and, and Harry does all the wheeling and the dealing and the, and the, and the going <laughs> Don't on. Don't call to, me a wheeler dealer. Don't exactly. Going, going on the telly talking about his Sandra <laughs> and that. That seems to be Harry... Harry um, Harry's Harry's modus operandi. So, um, so well, I mean that that seemed to be an arrangement that was working. I know that Kevin Bond is assistant manager as well, so they've obviously got quite a quite an experienced backroom team. So, so I'm I'm hoping that that it's just going to continue as it was really. I, I, no doubt that you know while, when you're winning, it's easier to get to get better class people. I think so. So I'm sure they'll get someone that's that's um, that's that's good quality in, in, in reserve. I'm sure. So has the championship been going pretty much as you expected so far this season? Were you expecting QPR to find it fairly easy? I'd, I I thought we'd struggle more, to be honest. I, I thought we'd probably... I was hoping that we'd at least get in the playoffs, probably, if, if, you know, if not automatic, then definitely playoffs. But I, I thought we'd take longer to adjust, to be honest. So I'm I'm pretty pleased with, with how we just seem to have sort of taken to it, really, and, and how the players they've got seem, seem to be gelling really well as a unit, which was their, their big issue last season, I think. And you mentioned Joey Barton earlier. There was something about um, in the summer he said he wouldn't be playing for you this season. He, he mm. seems to have settled down. He's got his head down. And he's playing some good football again. Yeah, he? he's done really well. I mean, I I was more than happy for him to bog off, as was was <laughs> the vast majority of West London, I think. But and and, and he was as well. But I, I don't know why it didn't work out. But um, I, you know, fair play to him. He's 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 coming. He's he's come back. It, and he's 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 done really well. And 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 is is consistent he seems to have calmed down a bit again how long that will last i don't know but um but and and of course it's easy to stay calm when things are going well but but i, I think he's done well I, I i i never thought i'd say this because i'm not a fan at all but but you know i, I think he, i think he's been one of our best players this season and you know i i i, I just think he's he's going really well he'll be playing himself back into england contention he'll think i think Oh, be I after replacing the World Cup squad. <laughs> I think hell will freeze over before that happens, but um, but you never know. And speaking about England, what about Harry's comments this week in his autobiography that's been in all the papers this morning about the FA couldn't choose an England manager? Do you think he's still a bit bitter about the fact they went for Hodgson instead? I think he's just got to let it go. To be honest, I I I just I just think you know for whatever reason, whether or not they were right or wrong not to pick him, I don't know. But the fact of the matter was, it totally sodded Tottenham up that season, and and I don't really want want it to mess up up us up this season as well. So um so I I, I think he just needs to uh put it in a box, tie a balloon to the box, and let it float away. Frankly, I don't think he needs to dwell anymore. It's so interesting time that he chose to do it. 
just when England have got two really big qualifiers. Yeah, that's it's... funny, isn't it? He's he's the Damien McBride of the football world, isn't he? <laughs> frankly. Brilliant. Well, thanks for that, Jill. Stick around if you want, and we'll talk about various championship things later. But we are going to move on to Burnley now, because we are supposed to be a Burnley podcast. Slightly different podcast today, like I said. But we'll kick off now with um, the Doncaster win last week. A bit of a grinder, bit of a grinder. It was a slow first half for Burnley, but we got the first goal from a sandbox penalty and an own goal sealed it later on. Um, we'll come to you first, Daniel, on this. What do you think was the, the standout thing about the Doncaster game? Um, to be honest, listening to it on the radio, the fans sounded absolutely fantastic. It was a big um, turnout, wasn't it? I mean, it's 1,800 away on a Tuesday it? night in South it's Yorkshire. So big trip. Yeah, that's, that was absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, attendance at the turf has been a bit disappointing this season. I mean, I can't talk because I'm not there, obviously. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, getting 10,000, 11,000 on a, on a home game when you're top of the league is, is pretty poor. But to be getting 1,800 going away on a Tuesday night is, is, is cracking. So the fans stood out for me on that one. And um, just talk about the penalty as well. I think a few fans were wondering who would step up to take the penalties with... Obviously, Charlie Austin left in the summer and Ross Wallace has taken a couple and he's been out injured. Um, but Sam Volks steps up and it was a good penalty. Do you think they're Volks is to keep now, Daniel? Um, Chippy was saying on the on post-match comments that Ings and Volks have a deal where whichever one gets fouled gets to take it, which I'm not oh, right. sure is, 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 the, is the best way to go about doing it. But, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought Vokes would step up to take it but it shows how confident he is that he did you know only a player that's feeling like he's going to score is, is going to want to take that so that's as good a sign as any that you know we've got a, a, a big lad who you know you wouldn't have thought maybe take it and he's, he's, he's up for taking him. Absolutely and Robbie the way Sam Vokes is playing at the moment he's just um, going from strength to strength isn't he? He is he's a uh... Come on on leaps and bounds since last season. Started adding goals to his game and a very composed penalty as well on Tuesday night. And I think he could get 15, 20 goals this season if he keeps it up. Well, it'll certainly be interesting to keep an eye on Sam Volts. I've got some stats actually. Um, Ings is now on to 11 from his 14 games and Volts has got eight. Charlie Austin just six. So he's got some catching up to do on the, the two lads that have come in to replace him. It's six straight wins. I think that's five, actually. Five five or six straight wins? I might have got that wrong. And we've got a thing about um, James Burnley's beard when he turns up later on. So that's something to look forward to. There's four league matches that both Sam Bucks and Danny Ings have scored in. And it's seven clean sheets already this season. So the stats are, are racking up for us at the moment. Um, the Doncaster game, just before we move on to the Reading game. I think one of the things that stands out for me, Daniel, is the fact that with QPR not playing midweek, the team knew that they would go top if they won, and they dealt with that pressure really well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know if if that is pressure, really. You know, I think that's a, a motivation more than anything. It's it's about how the manager communicates it to the team, and again, Daesh spoke about that this week that you can't you can't be. A, a sort of afraid when you're on top um you know some people you know if you're not used you know this team aren't used to being top of the league not, we're not used to being right up there there's only no there's no there's no players left in the team who can you know really look to have, have, have been up on top maybe duff for a while but 
it, it's about, you know, whether the, it is a motivation or a fear. And it, Daesh seems to have them in the right mindset for that. So they've done well, but I think that's as much credit to Sean Daesh as anything. And to come back to you, Robbie, on that Doncaster game, we came under a lot of pressure, actually, in the second half before, before we got the second goal. But we, we closed it out quite confidently in the end. Do you think the, the way the defence has been playing is, has been a major part in our starts of the season? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I, don't, I wasn't at the Doncaster game, so it's hard for me to say, but um, we, it just seems to be... I don't. We just seem to be really, really strong at the moment, and I feel as if we're going to see every single game out. I feel so confident defensively, and Jason Shackle is a Premier League defender, in my opinion. Well, it's interesting you said that about Shackle. I was going to mention Shackle um, a bit later on in the show. Obviously, he was on the the Player of the Month shortlist, and you could argue that the, the curse worked a little bit with his own goal in the Reading game. It was extremely unlucky that the header just sort of bounced in off him. So do you think that was maybe the curse in action, Robbie? Um, perhaps. Um, it was very unlucky, wasn't it? Um, I don't know. It's, we seem really good at the moment. I'm actually lost for words of how, how well we're playing defensively at the moment. Well, um, let's hope the defensive work continues. But we will move on to that Reading game on Saturday. Obviously, Burnley were already top of the league, so it was a case of holding on to that spot. And we did excellently again. Really, really good performance. A 2-1 win. It probably could have been more. I think um, Nigel Adkins, the Reading manager after the game, said that Burnley were outstanding and he had particular praise for Sam Bokes and Danny Ings, who were both on the score sheet. The, the first goal, Daniel, I'm not sure if you've seen the highlights, actually. The first goal... The ball in from Kieran Trippier. Do you think that was a defensive mistake, or was it a good pass from Trippier to cut open the defence? I, I have seen it. Um, that's a, that's the sort of ball I've seen Trippier playing a few times, um, and it's it's actually very similar to a pass. Um, there's, there's a really great YouTube clip of David Beckham making a similar pass to I think Fat Ronaldo at Real Madrid. <laughs> it was it's like it's literally like a, a like for like goal. Um, yeah, I mean it. It is tough to defend. I mean, it, you, it's coming in low, and it, and it's got a bit of whip on it. It's it is a, a defensive error. You know, I'd I'd hope our defenders would deal with it, but it is a difficult ball to deal with. So, I mean, Trippier and his his ability to assist from. Both the byline and from deep, it's 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 out of this world, and it's it bagged us a ton of goals last season, and it's continuing to do this season. Like I said, it's eleven goals for Danny Ings now this season, and I don't think I mentioned earlier in the show he's got his call up to the England under twenty one side. Is that a surprise to you, or do you think it's well deserved? Not a surprise at all. You know, you look at the you look at the the forwards who can who can qualify for for that. And well, you, you look at anyone who qualifies for the England under twenty ones, and they're mostly, you know, Premier League reserve team players, yeah, um, or at least very much on on the fringes of your, your Chelsea's and your Manus and stuff. So, to, to looking, if you're looking at wanting to, you know, you, you're Gareth Southgate and you want to go out and, and win these games. Pick a forward. He's playing regularly. He might not be from the most glamorous club. He might not be in, from the Premier League, but 
he's, the, he's one of the few out of the, the, those that have got call-ups that he's playing every week and banging them in. Well, we used to talk about this regularly before the, the None and Ever podcast existed, but we used to talk about the fact that Jay Rodriguez was playing extremely well for us and instead Nathan Delfonso, for instance, was playing for England on 21. So it will be interesting to see Gareth Southgate if he's got a different approach and it'll be interesting to see if Ings gets a game while he's away. Um, we'll come to you now, Robbie. Danny Ings, what's been the most impressive thing about his start to the season for you? Um, he's He's got a finishing product now, hasn't he? He's obviously found the back of the net. I think the last couple of years, I think he only scored six goals in two years, something like that. And I think a couple of years ago, I remember him, he keep hitting the bar or the post, or his end product was very, very poor, but I think having a pre-season behind him has helped him gain a lot of fitness and a lot of confidence, and it's obviously showing on the pitch the amount of goals he scored. And Ings was actually involved in the second goal as well. I think Kitely won it back, didn't he, in the Reading game. Kitely won it back and Ings slips it in for Sam Vokes, so there was more signs that that partnership, the Ings and Vokes partnership, is working really well in the Reading game. Robbie, sorry. Um, yeah, um, it's a. I'm quite surprised how well the how effective the partnership is. I wasn't. I was a bit disappointed where we didn't replace Charlie, but we don't. I don't think we really need to now. Um, I think Danny Ings he can play either as a number ten role or he can play up front on his own, and he's very very versatile, and I like him a lot. Um, we'll come back to you, Sean, if if you're still around. I know you've seen us a couple of times on the telly this season. Has Zings and Volks been the two that have stood out for you, or is there anything else you've particularly noticed about Burnley this season? What I've been most impressed with is your, your two centre-halves. Um, the, the, going back to the cup match. Um, of course we us. played at York in the cup, a 4 win, comfortable 4 win. <laughs> Yeah, we were poor then, but um, but the the two centre halves, um, they just basically ate everything up. Everything, especially aerial, um, just didn't look troubled at all. I think um, I think it was Shackle who just looked outstanding that day. Um, it was no surprise to me when I saw him in contention for the uh, for the Player of the Month because I think he's a, a brilliant little uh, well big player. Um, obviously up front, you you seem to replace the strikers. Whoever whoever comes in and signs the striker, you've always got one ready to to replace him, which which is rare. Usually, um, a club struggles when you lose signings, but you seem to do it year after year. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really. I know you've um, got a few few issues with finances, but you just seem to keep finding these little gems that keep you, you know, about about where you are. And obviously, this season you seem to have kicked on another level. I mean. The start of the season has taken all of us by surprise a little bit, I think. Um, as an outsider, to see Burnley up there, is that a surprise to you or did you think we were going yeah, to be up for a good season? Um, I mean, going back to the when when you played against us, I um, I wrote a little piece for um, for years, and I said my prediction on there was I said I don't think relegation is going to be an issue, but I just can't see you pushing the playoffs. So I'm I'm almost half hoping that you um, you drop off a bit to stop making me look like a bit of a fool. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it but, yeah. take, I think it'd take a little bit more than Burnley losing a couple of games to stop you looking <laughs> like a fool there, mate. <laughs> It'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the Rovers game, actually, watched that match with you. Um, I know you were interrupted for part of it, but did you think one all was fair for that, or were we a little bit robbed? From what I saw, I think I think you probably edged it, but 
I can't say it was uh, nothing as as obvious as robbed. I think obviously you you had a good spell, especially in the second half. Um, the goal, you know, a very good goal it was. Um, they got very lucky with their equaliser, and then I know you was quite upset with the um, with the last few minutes and the the um, the sending off and everything. Um, a little but, bit upset, yeah. A little. I've calmed down since then. In on the balance of the whole ninety minutes, I'd 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 say you probably shaded it, but like I say, one all you you could hardly say that was unfair for the for the full match. And what about the championship as a whole this season? I know you obviously follow York, so you've got more of an eye on on League Two. But is there anything particularly catching your eye in this year's championship? Um, the surprise is, um, I mean, obviously Burnley up at the top. Um, seeing teams like well Bolton struggle especially, I, I, I thought they would have a much better season than than what they're having. But I mean, with the championship, it's always a, it seems to be a league where there is a lot of surprise results and a few. There's always that one team that sort of comes out of nowhere, and and there'll be a team that starts well and end, and ends poorly. It, it always seems the same. So um, in that respect, I'm not really surprised. I think obviously the names change, but the the sort of tendencies that go of it all seem to be quite similar I suppose you can only dream of being a part of the championship kind of York City it's lofty yeah, it's two ambitions years <laughs> two years two years, two years. I, I, that's where <laughs> I do want to come back to the Reading game we only really touched on the Reading game and uh, we've had Donny who's from Neville G our sponsor at none and have a little bit of a pug there for you Donny <laughs> Neville G the recruitment company based in Burnley he says the Reading game was the best performance for years um, Robbie is that something you'd agree with when was the last time you saw Burnley play as well as they did on Saturday against Reading um, I'm not too sure to be honest but I think it was a very, very good performance. It was a tough task that probably our hardest game of the season, and I did I did feel very confident at two one that we'll see the game through, and it was a relief, and it were only three minutes stoppage time, and uh, yeah, I agree, it was a a very, very good performance. What What was the best thing about the performance for you? What stood out? Um, I think. After we got the second goal and then we conceded straight after, it was. Uh, I think this time last year, I think we would have folded. I think we would have conceded again, but we seemed quite strong. And I don't think Reading actually challenged us again that much. I felt quite confident that we'd see the game out. That must be a, a new thing for Burnley, isn't it? The fact that even when we're under a bit of pressure, we seem to be coming through these matches this season. You think that's maybe that. Sean Dyche has built this Burnley side a bit in his image that it's quite steely. Yeah, absolutely. We're, it, it seems to be, uh, at the moment, it seems that our defence is the most important is play from the back and it, it, it just seems so strong. I I don't really know what to say about our defence. I really don't. And Tom Heaton made a good save as well, didn't he, in the, the first half? How important is it that Tom Heaton's in such good form behind that defence? Well, I think Sean Dyche has said that Tom, some of Tom Heaton's saves are as good as goals anyway, so when he comes out with comments like that, I think it obviously builds confidence in in Tom Heaton. I was actually following the Reading game at my sister's wedding on the Known and Evernet live blog that 
runs each match day. I was refreshing it madly to see that we won. We just sat down for the meal when it was getting to the end and I was refreshing it every second. And Oh, I, I was nervous that we weren't going to see it out. I was so glad that we did. So glad that we did. Um, Daniel, just to come back to you on the Reading game, do you think Reading was maybe our strongest test so far this season? Are you there, Daniel? Was Reading our most difficult match this season, do you think? Oh, sorry, I was on mute and I, really, I started quite fluently as well. Um, <laughs> well, pretend it didn't happen, just carry on. So, no, but by a mile, it's it's been our hardest test. Um, you know, you think at the start of the season, we play Bolton and you think, oh, that's, that's going to be a tough game. And actually, 1-1 on reflection is a pretty poor result against Bolton. Um, and, and there's been like naysayers, you know, there's always the... The, the the Clarets fans, you have to put a temper on things. You said, well, we've not played, you know. We haven't beaten teams. anyone good yet. Yeah, and to be honest, a lot of the teams aren't in the top half of the table because we've beaten them. So, Absolutely. But it, it, it was easily our hardest test. Reading Premier League or, you know, nearly Premier League level squad, um, proven manager, um, you know, tough, tough team to beat, and and uh, although we, you know, we beat them obviously in over two legs in in the in the playoffs a couple of years ago, we, they've always they've had a, a a good record against us. So I, I was absolutely chuffed to bits with with that result. That's that's as tough a team that'll come to the turf all season. And um, the international break now coming on the back of such a strong run of wins. Do you think this comes at a good time or not? It, you know, there's there's, there's there's two ways to look at it, and it what the obvious one is you're on a good run of form, you're winning games, and it's getting interrupted. But just because of the, how the schedule has been so far this season, and the fact that we're still in the cup, must be nice to get a break. Um, you know, it, I, I think it comes at a very good time. You know, the the players can reflect on on how they've been playing the last you know you know month six weeks. Can really reflect on that, you know. Sean Dyche can speak to them and, and prepare them for the next leg, where we've got, you know, a lot more difficult games than we've had already. So I think it comes as a great time, and and it's also nice for you know some of the lads to go off on an international duty, and and you know Ings goes and scores in an England shirt. He's going to be coming back buzzing. So um, to come to you, to Robbie on. Sorry, to come to you, Robbie, on that question. Do you think the international break is a good time or would you rather the games carried on coming thick and fast? No, I think it's got a good time, both physically and mentally. Um, we've played a lot of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday matches and I think the rest is... I think, I think the Burnley squad will welcome it, to be honest. And there will be a few players away, won't they, in the next couple of weeks, so I'll have... Um a small squad to work with, Sean Dyche, but I'm sure they'll still be doing plenty of work on the training ground. Is there anything in particular you think he'll be trying to focus on in the next couple of weeks? Or will it just be very much same again? I, I would guess it'll be same again. Have just carry on what we've been doing. And obviously, we've got a lot of players going away on international duty now. But yeah, it'll be same again, I, I would I would guess. 
Um, we've had a few comments only on the, the live chat. You can always listen to the, the Known and Ever podcast through our Mixler page, which is at mixler.com slash known and ever slash chat. We've got a few lads on there at the moment, so I'll go through some of the comments. Donnie's been on again. He says we've got a strong spine through the team at the moment. Heat and Shackle, Jones, Ings and Volks, all good teams have a spine up the middle. I think that's a very good point. I think you can look at teams that have been promoted in the past and they have always had that spine of players that can be relied upon. And Paul says on that point about the international break, he said the last break that we had really set us up for the last month. And that's an excellent point, actually, because we've won um, five in a row since... Um, is it five in a row or is it six? I, I can't count. It is six. It's six in a row since the Blackburn game. And that was on the back of the last break. So we are unbeaten since last international break. So it will be interesting to see how... We get on after this one, and Ganks has been on as well. He says, referring to the Reading game, we were miles better, good in midfield, defence and attack, whereas Reading were awful at the back, decent in midfield and at best average up front. That's a good surmise of the game there, I think. If you're on Twitter as well listening in, use the hashtag NNMPod to give us your thoughts and we'll get them read out and talk about those as well. Um, I just want to move on to the fixture list, actually a point that Daniel touched on just then. After we come back, we'll have a, a trip to Ipswich, who I think are just about in the top half, and then it will be QPR at home before the West Ham Cup game, and then a trip to Millwall before Bournemouth. Obviously, you don't, you don't want to be looking at the, the fixture list trying to count up points. I'm not sure that's a, a brilliant way to go about it, Daniel, but do you think this will be a strong test of our promotion credentials? And should we even be talking about promotion credentials? Yeah, is it too early for that sort of talk? I mean... If you're, if you're top of the league, then, yeah, you should be talking about your promotion credentials. You know, this is as good as opportunity we're, we can have in a good while to um, to get promoted. So, um, yeah, we should absolutely be, be considering get, getting promoted. And this will be an absolute massive test. Um, the QPR game is 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 going to be a big one. I mean, I know two teams can can finish in automatics, but to 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 get three points on them would be absolutely fantastic, and that would really really set you know a, a, a new level for us. Personally, I don't know if we can win that game. I, I like to wish we I hope we can. If we do win, it will be out of sheer guts and glory rather than. You know that the on paper the two elevens. Sure, we uh, look at the QPR side now. Even with the players they've let go and lost over the summer since relegation, how expensively, how expensively assembled that squad still is. And yeah, compare it, it to the ragtag bunch of players we've got. I mean, I think Charlie Austin alone cost more than our team cost to assemble. I think that probably won't be far away. I mean, I mean, I think Austin fee was unconfirmed, wasn't it? But if it was around four million, which has been said, four million is probably about the same as our team put together. Yeah. So most expensive player in that. Actually, uh, how much did Ross Wallace cost? Um, I think Wallace again was undisclosed, but that was around three quarters of a million, I think. Yeah. So we have a we have a few million just under players like Ings, Wallace, Tracy. A um, couple of five hundred thousand players like uh, Trippier and, and Vokes and stuff, but you know it's it's, it's incomparable. So if, if we do get, um, uh, you know, it's a it's a home game, but if we do get anything out of that game, a point, I'd be absolutely delighted with that. Um, and there's and then there's a few bogey games there as well. So 
um, Millwall away is 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 always a tough test. And this Bournemouth team that Eddie Howe has, you have no, no idea if you're going to batter them 5-1 or get stuffed 5-1. So, so some, tri- some, some tests coming up. After that, it gets a bit easier. Um, but then you're right back into December. And then you've got Watford at home, Leicester away, you know, um, Blackpool at home. You know, some real tough tests coming up um, until the new year. So... If, if, if we can finish the new year in, in the running, in the top six, I'll be delighted. Well, it's interesting that you pointed out some of those teams that are around us in the table at the moment. Obviously, it's, it's difficult to say this far ahead, but you would expect teams like Watford and Leicester to still be in the mix, so it'll be worth keeping an eye on those. And we will talk about the other teams in the Championship a little bit later in the show. Um, we've got some more comments, a couple off Twitter after I just asked for some. Um, David Ashley's been on, he says, there's arguments for and against the, the international break. Uh, similar points to what Daniel made, really. You can say, no, we're on a good run, so we'd rather carry on, but yes, it gives a small squad a rest. Um, so it w- will be interesting to see which way the, the squad and the manager sees it. And Mark Clayton says, let's hope the lads who aren't on international duty can rest up a bit ready to go again at Ipswich who is going to Ipswich I have space in the car <laughs> so if if you are looking for a lift to, to Ipswich we're helping out here we really are helping out is his name on Twitter is Claypool 43 so we will try and fill the car up for you there Mark um, hell of a drive Ipswich I hope you don't want to try and do that in a day and a couple more off the live chat as well. Tom says, I love the fact we've got a ragtag bunch of players. So Burnley. It is so Burnley, isn't it? Like Scott Arfield, for example. Like Huddersfield didn't want him last season. He's been exceptional for us. And, uh, and... I want to come back to that one, but carry on. <laughs> okay, I'll let you come back to it in a second. And Andy's been on. Andy, who's often on the podcast as well he's been on about Danny Ings being under a million he's worth 40 million that's a million a goal Andy of course had his prediction that Danny Ings was going to score 40 goals this season and he is actually almost on track with 11 in 14 and Paul Paul finally um, says if we beat QPR the players have no one to fear at home for the remainder of the season that's a very good point if they beat QPR and Reading then they will know that they can beat pretty much anyone in the league I think finally, finally, we can come to you, James Bird. Are you there, James Bird? I am indeed. Brilliant. You sound a bit croaky. Are you feeling okay? <clears throat> Sorry, I've just been having a very long conversation. <laughs> you can have a very long conversation with me now, live on the non Ever podcast. I want to ask you about, about your beard. About my beard? Yeah. What, what's this about you haven't shaved since we last lost or something? Well, I last trimmed it the morning of the Blackburn game. And it was just the other day when I was considering maybe trimming it again that I've realised just how many games we've won since I last did it. And now I'm petrified of impacting our performance. So so what are you going to do? Are you going to leave it or are you going to risk it? I'm going to leave it till we lose. You're going to leave it till you lose? We're going to have to start putting pictures of your beard up on the site, I think. And uh, we've got a question from Andy as well. It's turning into Quiz James Bird on the No Name Ever podcast. Andy wants to know what was today's pie. It's Monday. There's no pie on Monday. It's not pie, pie day on Monday, Andy. Bloody hell, oh, Andy. Come on, oh, Andy. You've but just ruined it for everyone. Tomorrow it is um, sausage and onion pie. Sausage. That does sound excellent. All round to James Bird's work tomorrow. <laughs> Andy says, oh, cock. Um, <laughs> while we still got you before you have to... 
bugger off to do something else, James. The Reading game. Um, we've had a couple of people say that was the best we've played in a long time. Would you agree with that? When was the last time you can remember us being that good? Derby away. Derby away, yes. What about home games? Home games at the turf? Home games. That's probably probably the best we've seen as well. I mean, a lot of it was that um, really you've got one of the league sort of favourites there in, in Reading coming to the turf. And I think it says it all about how we're being viewed now that to me they look like they were coming just to try and get something out of the game. Um, which I think says a lot about what teams are thinking when they look at us now. And um, we were just talking about the international break. What do you think of the fact there's going to be a break now? Do you think that'll be good for the squad or do you think they'd rather carry on? Where do you stand on that? Um, I think you can see arguments both ways. Obviously, when you're in this kind of form, it's great to keep it going. Um, But also, while you've got a small squad like ours and you're trying to play pretty much the same 11 every week, and the games have been coming Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, a break's probably not a bad thing. Well, I'm sure some of the lads would rather keep going, but in the context of a, a long old season when they're going to be playing probably 50, maybe 55 games if we have a couple of cup runs, I'm sure um, the rest on the legs will probably be good for them in the end. Um, there's no quiz today, I'm afraid. We've had a couple of questions about the quiz and I need to explain what's going on with the quiz because the last couple of quizzes, through my own fault, have been a bit of a shambles. So today we're giving it a rest. We've got plenty of other stuff to talk about. Um, there'll be no quiz next week either because it's a special podcast, which I will um, reveal all about a little bit later. So the quiz is having a bit of a rest, but it will be back bigger and better and more accurate than ever <laughs> when it returns because it has been a bit poor and... Uh, Adam's saying we've still got the music so we can have the quiz music while we talk about non-quiz issues no quiz this week I am afraid instead what I have got planned is a new feature which I am going to call I was right we had a comment from Lee on Twitter this week who was reading one of the articles that we published just before the start of the season um, that I wrote actually saying that I was excited about the season, talking about Shackle and Trippier were some of the best players in the league. Before we sold Austin, I was saying Austin's one of our best players. And I get some stick, I can tell you, from stuff that, I, stuff that I've said when I was wrong. People can't wait. They honestly can't wait to point out how wrong I was about things. So this is me saying that I've got something right there. And what I want to ask the panel today is what have you been right about and what have you been wrong about? So we'll start with you, Daniel. What what do you think you were right about before the season started? Before this season? Um, yeah. I was, when, you, when you read that, when you said that, my, I immediately thought back to three seasons or two seasons ago when, um, when we just got Trippier on loan. And um, we'd obviously lost uh, Mears to Bolton. And... Uh, after one game and, and, and Trippier, I think the first thing he did was like whip an amazing crossing and we scored. And I was like, Tyrone who, like this lad's the real deal. He's, he's amazing. And I remember you, um, you, Jamie, were like easy now. And, you know, I don't, I don't know about that. And I was like, trust me. And uh, I, was, I think I was, I was urging caution, but certainly uh, I'll, hands up now. I was wrong. Trippier, miles better than Tyrone Mears. Quite happy to accept that now. 
But I, I don't know. In terms of pre-season, I, I know where I was wrong at the beginning of the season, and that was on Sam Vokes. Um, well, I'm sure Sam Vokes will be on plenty of people's lists. And we had an article actually by Andrew Frost, who's been on the podcast before, saying how wrong he was about Sam Vokes. And I think a lot of people are in the same boat. He's proved a lot of people wrong Sam Vokes this season. Yeah, I mean, he's, 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 he's still a young lad. And he's been, he's, you know, he's, he's had some decent moves already in his career, you know, and he's, he's got a little bit of, of, of top-level experience. He's, he's, so th- there was always something there that maybe Burnley fans didn't see because he was getting three minutes a game all last season. Sure, um, I mean, it's, uh, we keep repeating this stat, we played every game last season, but from the bench the majority of the time. Does Birdie have the stats on the total minutes he played? Maybe not to hand, but we can try and get them. Um, the bed is less than three hours. It, it's prob- he had the spell inside, didn't he, when Austin was injured in January, so he might have, might have got over that get, mark then. Yeah, he maybe got a couple of full games in, but it's not a lot. So, yeah, definitely wrong on uh, on Mr. Bokes. I was probably right that I wasn't too worried. When, I mean, I, it wasn't that I was saying, oh, we'll be awesome without Charlie Austin, but I also wasn't... I didn't think it was a, a, a you know a relegation disaster. You know, I didn't think it was going to really upset us too much. So, yeah, that, those are my those are my rights and wrongs. <laughs> well, we'll come to the rest of the panel in a second, but I do want to get your thoughts on this as well. What were you right about before the season started, and what are you happy to put your hands up and say? What were you wrong about specifically? What did you think was going to happen, and what have you got wrong? I want to know what you were right about and what you were wrong. This is your chance to show off. Um, we'll come to you now, James. What What do you think you've been right about this season? I, I was right about Sam Vokes. <laughs> you just said you were right about everything, but specifically I was, I, Sam Vokes. Probably, probably everything, but yeah, Sam, <laughs> Sam Vokes. Um, I think I, I bang on about it pretty much every week. But anyone who saw Sam Vokes at Millwall, which actually, since you mentioned Lee saying your article is really right, I actually went to Millwall with Lee. Um, I'm actually mates with Lee, so I'm disappointed he thought you were right. <laughs> um, you with the name dropping. There's no yeah. Andy on the podcast today, so yeah, it's, it's not quite it. as not quite the same area, is it? That, um, <laughs> I know Lee, Lee from Twitter. He's my friend. Yeah, he's, from, he's from Twitter. <laughs> um, but no, at Millwall, Sam Volks was fantastic, and I think we've now seen that when he gets a run of games in the side, he gets to grow his confidence that he can be fantastic every game. Um, so, is there anything at all you think you were wrong about? This is your chance to come clean. Like, I, I don't want to be giving you this chance that you just be like, nope, I'm right about everything, because that'll just make us look silly. Um, there, must, there must be something you were wrong about. I think I may have wrote Jason Shackle off early last season. Really? He wasn't really fit, yeah. He didn't he wasn't, start the season well, did he? he? Yeah, he wasn't really fit. I may have... Obviously, and obviously, is what I said about Scott Arfield at the, after the Blackburn game. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of people said a lot of things about Scott Arfield after the Blackburn game. Um, Robbie, then, you next. What were you right about and what were you wrong about? Um, my right, Sam Vokes. I knew full well if he got the game time, he, he, the goals would come. Um, my wrongs, that's pretty much everything. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I said we'd be in a relegation battle. That doesn't seem the case. Um, <laughs> well, we're halfway there. We've got... 26 on the board now is it and you don't need to be safe so halfway yeah. there after 11 games yeah I wrote off the Tom Heaton signing as well I looked at how many goals Bristol City conceded last season 
they got relegated and I thought, why have we signed him? I wrote off Scott Arfield. I spoke to a Huddersfield fan and she said um, Arfield was awful. And I also said that Ryan Noble might actually come off the bench and actually play some games and I've been wrong about that one as well. <laughs> Ryan Noble, remember him, eh? the, the lesser spotted Ryan Noble. Uh, we've had some more comments on the live chat that we'll go through now. And if you are listening on Twitter, make sure you get your comments in with the hashtag NNMPod and we'll get them read out as well and tell you whether we were wrong or right about your comments. That sounded right in my head, but it wasn't. I'm massively distracted by the, the tweet Adam's just put on the live chat. I can't, decide, <laughs> I can't decide whether I should read it out or not. I'm going to read it out. We've had a tweet from Emily Ziegler on Twitter. He says, hey, baby, hit me up on kick. My kick is Jasmine21x. I'm horny. <laughs> not sure what to make of that. I, I, I don't think um, she knows who we are. I'm going to put Adam in charge of that. Adam. That's your job for the rest of the podcast. You've got to go on kicking. <laughs> <laughs> hit, hit, hit up Jasmine. Ooh, we got some music from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Jasmine. That. <laughs> That's Jasmine's sweet music. Um, <laughs> let's 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 move on. Um, and we've not got Andy with us, but Andy's listening, and he's got his. Andy's story of the week. We need a jingle for Andy's name dropping story of the week. He says he had a few beers with. Oh, yeah, that'll do. Andy says he had a few beers with John Derry and David Hamilton last night. Well done, Andy. That's a lofty company you'll keep in there. What What do you do to make all these Burnley players want to go out for a oh, drink with you? I've got a story of the week too. Oh, Daniel Beltley's story of the week. It's going to be a new feature. We've found a new feature live on the podcast. I love it when things come together. Well, the last time I was on the podcast, which I think was two weeks ago, um, I had uh, Barack Obama fly over my head in in Marine One on his way to the UN. Um, So that was... was, uh, I didn't share that last time, and you said, oh, you should have shared that. So I was like, okay, well, if I've got something interesting, I'll share it this week. And... um, (laughs) Right now, New York's on a tornado watch, and since the podcast has started, the sky has... Do you remember Ghostbusters 2, when um, Vigo the Carpathian comes out of the painting, and, like, the sky... I'm really not sure where this story's going, but carry on. Basically, the sky has turned into this, like, fierce-looking, grey-purple mass like hanging over the city and there's a there's a a, a likelihood that we're going to get a tornado and it's very windy so tornado live on no no never podcast i'll, I'll keep that, you updated problems with the mic <laughs> yeah i mean if i do if i disappear that is why <laughs> oh dear although <laughs> i'm i'm pretty i'm all right here survive the um, Survived the hurricane last year, so I should be all right. By me, that's um, that's something. Yeah, <laughs> Donny's, Donny's just been on. He says he thought it was a family show. We always start it with the full intention of it being a family show, and it always ends up going a bit wrong when we've all been talking for three quarters an hour, and we all get a little bit giddy. Uh, we'll I come can through. Imagine any child is entertained by this. So oh. God, can you imagine being a child and listening to us? Like, what would be wrong with you if that was the sort of thing you enjoyed? Anyway, a couple of comments from the, the I was right and I was wrong that we were just doing. 
Um, on the live chat first, and then we'll go through the tweets. We've got Jack on, who says, at the start of the season, that we draw against Blackburn at the turf, so good shout on that one, and beat them at Ewood, which was wrong. He said, we'd finish eighth, and he's starting to feel he'll be wrong about finishing eighth. Well, eighth could still happen, but it'll be a bit disappointing, I think, if that happens now. Roger's been on as well. He says, he thought Tracy will come good, and it might yet happen. It sort of has, but then went a bit wrong. And he says he was wrong about Duffo, thought he'd had his day, but now he's an integral part of the team again, and Longstaff's to learn his trade. And Donnie says as well, he was completely wrong. He was not looking forward to the season at all, and he's very happy to put his hands up. Couple of comments from Twitter as well. Keep the comments coming in with the hashtag NNMPod, and we'll get them read out as well. Fads Farden's been on. He says, right now we are far better side than when Wallace doesn't play. He says he's a ball watcher. He says he was wrong about Sam Volks being just a target man. Hashtag hands up. That's what I'm talking about. And Jordan's been on as well. He says he was right about giving Dash more time, but wrong about Volks being crap. Sam Volks is coming up a lot. I think Sam Volks certainly proved people wrong on that one. So I was right and I was wrong. And the one thing I also wanted to add about me being right about was I did a bit for the Tylehurst End podcast, which is a, a Reading FC podcast and blog that we're friendly with. And um, I predicted it was going to be 2-1. So go me. And I said the strikers were both going to score. So go me. I wish I'd put some money on. That would have been helpful. <laughs> Excellent. Um Right, I want to come back to some general championship talk just to round off the podcast for the last few minutes. <laughs> Adam says we're rolling out the cheese. It was the, the blog we were talking about cheese that was working pretty well. We should probably leave oh. that alone. <laughs> no, please no. <laughs> I, I missed this. What was it all about? I don't oh, know. My, my, my Tesco shopping. Oh, I shouldn't have mentioned that. I shouldn't have James, mentioned did it. you see? Last, like on Saturday, it happened too. Everyone started talking about cheese, and it was like, <laughs> was there a game on? <laughs> yeah, well, well basically, just for what anyone who missed it, um, I came home to do the second half of the commentary. I had to get Jamie to step in because the Tesco man was an hour early. Uh, <laughs> And in my delivery was fan full of cheese. <laughs> and in my delivery was twelve pounds worth of cheese, um, what, just uh, over two mo- kilograms. Monetary, monetary, mo- monetary value. Yeah. 12 physical. Twelve, 12 physical uh, no monetary pounds. All right. Uh, two kilograms of cheese uh, and fifty odd cans of diet coke. <laughs> so that was, that was that intentional? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was what I ordered, among some okay. other things. Right, so it, wasn't it, like it wasn't just cheese and Diet Coke. <laughs> in total, I spent about £100, and of that, £12 was on cheese. Some quite obscene value was of Diet Coke, and the rest was of ham, I think. So, yeah, what that set off on the, the live blog, if, if you don't actually follow the live blog on the site, um, we have a match day live blog where we do commentary and all sorts of irreverence and irrelevance chat that's well worth keeping an eye on so we do that every match day it's well worth joining up and basically james's tesco cheese man set everyone off talking about cheese and doing cheese jokes and then we scored a goal in the middle of all the cheese chat so we decided it was a good omen and quite superstitious on the the live box we'll probably carry on doing that if that was the case on saturday yeah so on, on saturday i i was i think it was in the second half and adam was commentating adam heat the australian and I, I just saw this cheese comment, and I didn't tweet like I didn't tweet straight away. And I thought, hmm, why is he why is he type cheese? Is that like a, an autocorrect mistake? And then they all started coming in, and I was like, oh no, here it comes! And it <laughs> literally lasted for longer than it did the first time, which was a very long time. Um, 
And I, I think on several occasions, people were saying, please, no more cheese jokes, please. And they just kept coming, kept rolling in. Um, and I didn't even think when I said, uh, commented that we were rolling out the cheese tonight, I didn't even think of the live blog. I'm going to have to get used to uh, mentioning cheese on various known and ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that was our new thing. We've had various things on the, the live blog that have led to goals at one time. I think there was one game this season, Daniel, wasn't there, where you'd gone to the loo twice and missed two goals. Was that Derby? Or another of the games? I went to the loo this time and we scored, and then I got back to my seat and then Reading scored. Well, Jason Shackle scored. That the, was my uh, story of the at week. At the end of the Reading game, after after they'd scored, I I knew, with with all due respect to, you, to your dad, James, I, I couldn't, I, I can't deal with the last 10 minutes of Burnley commentary because everything scares the shit out of me, and I get like my heart rate up. <laughs> Sorry about the language, but I, I get I get rather. Adam, I'll edit that out. <laughs> you know, it's it's first thing in the morning for me, and it's it's a bit too much to take. So I was like, no, the, the result will happen whether I'm listening or not. So I'm I'm closing the No Name Never Life blog. I'm I'm turning off the commentary, and I'm gonna go have a shower. And when I finish my shower, there will be a result, and that is what it will be. And I got out of my shower and I checked my phone and I was like, yes. <laughs> so that, I think that's going to be my new thing now, not listening to the last 10 minutes of every game. <laughs> that's an interesting way to do it. And you were just saying about going for a shower. My friend Kieran had a spell um, either last season or the season before where he'd go for a shower in the middle of the game and we'd score. So there's various things that people can do. Robbie, you've got a story about a whole way a couple of years back. Um, yeah, we're, I was sat down watching uh, the Lex on Saturday and... Um, this is where we came from 2 0 down in the last 10 minutes and won 3 2. Oh, yeah, down. the David Edgar goals. Yeah, and um, our electricity uh, trips. I mean, we lost power, put it back on, and we got a goal back. It then tripped again. We got it all back on again, and we, and we equalised. And then, funnily enough, it tripped a third time, put it back on, and Jay Rodriguez had put away the winner. It was. A strange, strange... That is, that is absolutely bizarre. Adam, you've got a story about... I never knew so many people had stories about Hull. What's your story about Hull? Yeah, well, I've got kind of two. Um, I was at the, at the O2, I think I, I was going to see Peter Kay, maybe? I don't, I'm not sure. Um, but there was this big swing thing, and I thought I'd had, have a go on that. So I, when we actually won, I was at the top of a swing thing at the O2. And um, the other one was uh, Matty Bush on uh, Twitter. He was he kept eating uh, Vimto sweets, and we kept scoring every time he had a sweet. And then he ran ran out of Vimto sweets, and I, I can't really remember whether we scored again, like wh- whether we scored again without the the Vimto sweets. Um, but it, that was a uh, good omen. And um, unbelievably, James also has a story about home. <laughs> A whole other thing I was going to do for the last few minutes, but as normal, we've gone off on various tangents and we're now talking exclusively about Hull on the Not and Ever podcast. James Bird, what's your Hull story? Man's fantastic. Uh, don't go to Hull. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a very good point. I thought it was going to be um, more, more. <laughs> well that is a good point you've, you've caught me off guard we will let, yeah we have got time we'll do the, the bit that I was going to I would just want to talk generally about the championship so far we're going into the international break everyone's played at least 10 games we're 11 in um, what teams do you think Daniel have been 
impressive so far? Who are you a bit surprised that's struggling? And who do you think is going to come up in the next few weeks and months? Um, he's, to be honest, the only team that's doing well that I wouldn't have expected to do well is Burnley. Um, the others that are in the top six are not really a surprise. Um, teams that are, are not doing well as well as they should be is obviously Bolton. Um, and, I'd, and I'd say uh, I'd say Blackburn as well. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be, you know, hanging around mid-table for much longer. Um, it's, it's you know they, they've they've got a decent team there. Unfortunately, and, they've improved um, since we played them. I think Rovers have seemed to put some results together. Oh, they, well, I mean they 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 won their cup final all that game, so. <laughs> Obviously, they've got a lot of confidence there. Um, They're still going on about that, you know. They're still going on about the, the 34 years thing as if anyone cares when we're top of the league. I mean, I do care, but <laughs> <laughs> but, but I care less than being top of the league. So, um, Wigan as well, Midland, and, and they should maybe be doing a little better. Um Leeds. I'm always surprised to see Leeds in mid-table, and I shouldn't be. They, they, it's been standard for them for a few years now, hasn't it? It has been. They've, you know, they've been round about where where we are in the in, since we've both been back in the championship. Obviously, I loved living in Leeds, being in the Premier League when they were in League One. Um, you got the cleaner then? Uh, no. Sorry. That's, that's James Bird. That's somewhere. On his adventures this morning. We'll just talk loudly and <laughs> pretend it's not happening. You've <laughs> J- James Bird's breaking the podcast again. You should yeah, be quiet I, now. Sorry. And, and to be honest, I don't, I don't expect Bolton to be doing too badly for that long. Um, yeah, Bolton have really surprised me. It's interesting you said them that they were one of my tips to do really well. The scene, so I am a bit surprised that they're down there. Robbie, I'll come to you now. Is there anything standing out about the championship so far? Who do you expect to improve? And are there any surprises among the strugglers apart from Bolton? Um, I don't really know, to be honest. Middlesbrough have surprised me, to be honest. I thought they might be in and around the top six, but I think Mowbray will be gone there soon. I think the fans are getting a bit uh, restless with him. Uh, Blackpool surprised me in the top six. I thought they all struggle this season, but I've been wrong about that. They started that. really well, Blackpool, didn't they? I think they were top after the first month, and then Inns got the manager of the month award, didn't he? And then they've fallen away a little bit in the last few weeks, but they're still there and thereabouts, Blackpool. Yeah, I'm very managing the month, isn't it? Um, in terms of other teams, I thought Derby would be pushing top six, but... I, I don't know where they are. They in the bottom half still. I'm not too sure of myself. Um, they went into the top half by winning at the weekend. Right. Um, yeah, and then I think I think Bolton won at the weekend. I think they beat Birmingham two one. So I think I think now I think they'll turn the corner. And I think they will now start pushing up the league. What about you, James? What do you make of the championship so far this season? Uh, I think by and large it's been quite. Apart from Burnley, really, what you'd expect. Um, I never thought we were going to be sort of bottom half fodder, but I didn't. I, I wouldn't have said we were going to be top at this stage. Um, clearly, QPR are a good side. 
Um, possibly correct to what people have said about you know Wigan and Bolton. They're not doing as well as you would have expected. But apart from that, I don't think there's been too many surprises. What about um, Eddie Howe at Bournemouth? This side have been one of the entertainers in the division, haven't they? Their goal difference is actually minus six, although they're eighth in the table because they've been humped badly a couple of times. But 5-2 winners, I think, against Millwall on Saturday. So they're very up and down so far this season. Yeah, they've shown that clearly they can score goals, but at the same time, like was the case at Burnley, Eddie Howe can concede a lot as well. He's got um, Jack Collison on loan from West Ham, actually, which I think is a very eye-catching loan signing. He's the sort of player I'd love to see at Burnley, but obviously the way our team's playing, I'm not sure he'd get in our side, but I think Collison's a very interesting addition there. Worth keeping an eye on Bournemouth, because they are still, still there or thereabouts, and obviously this is a rare, a rare occasion for them to be this high up so Howe's still doing a very very good job there one of the teams that's caught my eye actually is Brighton who languishing in 15th at the moment I thought Brighton would have a good season obviously they got rid of Poyet and they've got Oscar Garcia in there now but they seem to be treading water a little bit Birmingham as well are down there you always think the big city clubs are going to do well Sheffield Wednesday huge support at Hillsborough but they haven't won yet this season I think um, other teams to pick out, you've got the traditional strugglers, teams like Barnsley and Yorville, you know, have tough seasons, Doncaster, Millwall, they're down there as well. Huddersfield, I think, I've been a little bit surprised by Huddersfield, they're doing pretty well. And Rovers are up to ninth now. Um, I think it's a good time at this stage in the season, just before we wrap up, because we are going to wrap up soon, just to get some more predictions off you all and see how you think the season's going to going to end up so what I want from each of you we'll start with you Daniel is your three for promotion and your three for relegation I'm going to go with and this is speaking as dispassionately as possible I think James Bird's on a paraglider at the moment (laughs) James James Um, Bird's adventures I'm on a bike (laughs) podcasting from a bike brilliant back to you Bob um, oh man, tornado's coming now, lads. Um, <laughs> it's, oh no, this isn't good. I think, we have to I think we might have to wrap up because I'm I, I think, I think James might have to get off. <laughs> <laughs> I think James is causing your tornado. <laughs> Do you know what? I don't know whether I can mute Skype from my headset or not. But uh, I'm just going down a big hill, so it'll get a lot quieter in a minute. <laughs> I'm sure, like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, now we can hear you, Jamie. Oh, is he going to make it to the bottom of the hill? That might be the fastest anyone's ever done the podcast. <laughs> okay, it's quite. I'm on a roundabout. Okay, that's that's better. <laughs> so um, you're you're three to go up and three to go down, Daniel, and quickly because James is going to give himself a an injury. Yeah, I'm going to try and do as quick as possible. Keep your on Leicester in the automatics, and I'm going to go Burnley in the playoffs because we have experience. And three to go down? Barnsley, Yeovil, and 
I'm going to say Doncaster. What about you, Robbie? Three to go up, three to go down. Obviously, I want to say us to go up, but realistically, I don't think we will. Um, three to go up, QPR. <clears throat> um, I think Leicester have got this season. I think Nottingham Forest will as well. Going down, Barnsley, Yeovil, and I think Millwall might go down this season as well. It's not looking good for Barnsley and Yeovil. What about you, James? Are you going up a hill, down a hill? What are you doing at the moment? Why are you top three and um, three to go down? I'm on the flat at the moment, just so you know. That is someone's that's someone's dog. Oh my god. Oh James Bird getting fucked up by a dog on the Don't Another Podcast. Oh I've heard it all now. Oh dear. Oh. James Bird, three to go up and three to go down. I tell you what, a lot has happened on this podcast. Oh. oh, it's been a hell of a show. I'm going to try and get this tornado sound sound effects skin because it is absolutely lashing it down. Is it something like that? Yeah. Tornado alert. Tornado alert. Always wish I've, I've actually got fully changed during this episode as well. <laughs> Didn't you do the podcast naked a few weeks ago? I think I did the first one ever naked. Um, oh, dear. Oh, dear. Anyway, the question was three teams to go up, three teams to go down, and then finally we can bring this podcast to an end. Um, to go up, QPR, Reading, and us. And uh, to go down, ooh, uh, Barnsley, Yeovil, Sheffield Wednesday. So you've gone for the current bottom three. Uh, I'll add mine as well, and we'll we'll come to Adam as well before we end up. I'm going to go Barnsley and Yeovil as well, so clean sweep on those. And Charleston, and we'll them to go down. My three spot will be QPR, Forest, and... Well, James is doing whatever James is doing. I've got three to, three to go down before we end the show. Um, I think that was me. Uh, Roger's been on the program scene. It says QPR, Burnley, Forest up, Barnsley, Yeovil, and that dog <laughs> to go down. <laughs> I'm going for a really big hill now as well. <laughs> oh dear. Um, anyway, uh, I'll go us, uh, QPR, and Forest to go up, and Yeovil, Barnsley, and uh, Millwall to go down. Brilliant. Well, I think that's everything. Um, if, you, if you've stuck with us that long, then congratulations, because it has been a hell of a show. It's probably the longest one we've ever done, and we have had a lot going on today, um, especially in the last 15 minutes. <laughs> James Bird on his tour of Luton Industrial Estates, or whatever he's doing. So thanks a lot to all my panellists today. It's been a very busy show. We had Juliet earlier, the QPR fan, who was giving us an insight into Harry Redknapp and Charlie Austin. We had Sean Wathy, the York fan, who was telling us all about Wes Fletcher and Luke O'Neill. We've had Adam on producing duties as normal. And then Robbie Kopak, Daniel Bentley and James Bird. Next week, we will actually not be on 
during the international break on Monday because we're going to have a special No No Never podcast, another special No No Never podcast, and we will be interviewing Clark Carlisle, the former Burnley defender, about um, a bit of everything, really. He's, he's got a book out, so we'll be talking about his book, we'll be talking about his Burnley career, his um, off-the-pitch problems as well. So Clark Carlisle will be on the Burnley podcast next weekend. We'll have all the details about that coming up. And there's no live blogs, of course, because it is an international break. So a couple of weeks without a live blog before Ipswich away. Um, so that's it. That's everything. I'm overwhelmed. It's been. It's, I think today's podcast has probably taken years off all of our lives. So it has been a long old slog. And um, I can't thank you enough for listening. If you've got any feedback, please do get in touch. Oh, God, you must have feedback on today's show. <laughs> Never have feedback if you don't. Use the hashtag NNMPod on Twitter, or you can email us um, blog at nonenever.net or tweet us at as well. Um, I think James Bird's going through a tunnel at the moment, so that's a good place to end the show. Let's hope Daniel survives these apocalyptic um, tornado experience in New York. Let's hope Cameron, who's been on the live chat, survives Hull, because Cameron is at Hull University. Bless him. Um, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't die. I That's got lost in for once. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then quickly, like some of you getting lost in whole story, and then we really have to end the show. Well, I'd not so much lost as I was stranded. I'd, I'd gone to visit some mates there at uni, and I was trying to get back to Leeds, and it was a Sunday night, and there was meant to be a replacement bus service, but it didn't run. And then my phone battery died out, and I didn't have my friend's phone number or remember how to get back to where they lived. So I spent about five hours in Hull bus station. <laughs> so the moral of the story there is never go to Hull. I tell you what, Paul, I've got a much better getting lost story, but it's not in Hull, unfortunately. Uh, well, next, I, next week. I, I, I can beat you on any getting lost story, but go on. I got, I got propositioned by a prostitute in Rochdale when I was 16 <laughs> and uh, witnessed a drive-by shooting. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is definitely going to be explicit. Uh, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Oh dear. We're going to have to end this. To the security guards, and um, I was missing for eight hours. Oh, Were you out of your own body during that time? Just so you say, <laughs> I was missing for eight hours. Were you, were you separated from yourself? I, 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 it got very dark. You know, <laughs> I went to a dark place within myself. Did you I go was, to a hole? <laughs> I, I went into the, the metaphysical hole. You've been to Hollenbeck. <laughs> The metaphysical wall. Well, oh I think that I am going to wrap the show up now. That's as good a place as any to leave it. Thanks to my panel tonight, Robbie, Daniel, James, Jules and Sean. Thanks to everyone for listening with your comments. And we'll be back next weekend with a special Clark Carlisle podcast at knowingever.net. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the No Nay Never podcast. For more... Visit nonanever.net and don't forget, follow us on Twitter at nonanevernet. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.